This is HSBC Global Viewpoint, your window into the thinking, trends and issues shaping global banking and markets. Join us as we hear from industry leaders and HSBC experts on the latest insights and opportunities for your business. Thank you for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Valerie Knott. I'm one of the partners at EY, specialising in wealth and asset management. And we're here today to talk to you about the radical trends disrupting financial services and changing customer demands, where we're going to go through some of the things we've seen historically, some of the things that the panel um, has a view on that's happening currently, and then we're going to finish with a bit about the future. So I have with me today Kola Ilori, Data and Analytics Director from Principal Global Advisors, Adina Gregorio, Founding Partner and CEO of Active Asset Allocation, and Paul Clark, Global Head of Digital and Data for HSBC Security Services. So... If we kick off with our questions, I'll come to you, Cola, first of all. Is cloud really transforming the landscape of data services? Yeah, thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. I think cloud is playing an important role in transforming the industry. And so far, we've seen uh, companies adopt public cloud, private cloud, and a hybrid, which is sort of a combination of both private and public. And it gives them the opportunity to be able to not only leverage expertise of the cloud providers, but also to scale. Um, when they need to base on business demands. And it will allow them to focus on really the business outcomes as opposed to trying to solve all the technology glitches that happens. Thank you. Adina, data security? Data security is probably uh, maybe one of the uh, obstacles that are still seen as a possible problem in going to the cloud. But I, w- I was just going to uh, complete on, on what Kola said and maybe give a a really practical example. I mean, the cloud really helped my company uh, go global in the sense that we make tailor-made investment algorithms for institutional clients. And for that, we make thousands of combinations of, and we look at possibilities of how assets can evolve over time. And this is very data-consuming. And, and we built on the power of the cloud to both be able to scale our business and then go global. So we can now address customers all over the world and we can do that in a quick and effective way. And it's all about the cloud. And again, going back to data data security, actually the fact that I can host the data in each customer's country, it's really a plus for for many of them. Did you want to build on that, Paul? Yeah, um, data security is very important, privacy. Uh, is very important. A residency, I think, is a particularly important, um, sometimes a little bit of a blocker. So uh, different countries have restrictions over where data can be stored and how it can be accessed, but cloud can help with that. So um, you just need a strategy that allows you to have what we call multi-cloud, so the ability to connect to different cloud providers in different uh, regions. But sort of coming back to your initial question, whether or not it's transforming is absolutely Um, really absolutely transforming. And I think what cloud does is cloud makes data so much more accessible, so much easier to share. And that means that as a design design sort of principle, you can bring processes to data, which is a far more efficient model than how we've worked historically, which is we shift uh, data to the processes. And that means that you can much more efficiently connect up third parties and offer sort of new exciting services. 
Thank you, Paul. What we really want to do is talk about the exciting aspects of data as well as the challenges. So, Kola, what, what excites you most about what you're seeing in the market? Personally, as the concept of a data mesh, one of the value from that is it helps with the acquisition of companies. So what data mesh is, is it allows you, if you're running the cloud, it allows you to be able to connect to your providers as opposed to you trying to bring the centralized data. Right? So you really focus on the connectivity between the different providers. And say, for example, you buy a company that is you know, running on AWS and you're running on Google Cloud. With a data mesh concept, what you can do is you don't need to bring their data to your ecosystem. You use a data mesh framework to literally connect to them. And so it's a seamless integration from buying companies and also from electrical companies because all you just have to do is just disconnect the connectors from that. And so we see that as something that will be transforming the industry significantly and also data standardization. For data mesh to be very successful, uh, entities within the industry need to be having the same sort of protocol conversations. The same way SWIFT has transformed the payment system, that kind of concept really is required in the data mesh world for it to really be effective. And it really is gonna make it easier uh, for, for businesses to integrate, for businesses to be able to, to talk to each other, and also for them to really see the value their data, their, their data has to other entities. Thank you, Kola. Did you want to build on that, Paul? Firstly, I'll touch on um, data mesh specifically. So oh. I completely agree with Kola's point. Um, we've, uh, at HSBC, we've implemented a, a data mesh and it's been quite transformational for us. So yeah, a big part of the implementation of a data mesh and the principles around it is around ways of working. You're trying to avoid that bottleneck of a centralized, typically data warehouse team, a team that manages the data from the domain owners. and what you're trying to do is democratize data in such a way that the owners of the data, you build them a platform and tool and platform features that enable them to then pass that data into this commonplace and make it accessible and consumer outputs, if you like. And that's been very, very effective for us. So we've had, I think, um, as of last week, I think we've got 21 teams, which we call tenants. They operate within that mesh running 82 projects simultaneously. Now, you imagine trying to do that with a data central data team, what would you need four or 500 people? And we've got you know less than a tenth of that running this. That's a far, far more uh, efficient model. So I'd completely echo on the, um, on the data mesh side. A couple of other things I think are interesting, managed data services. So definitely seeing a lot more demand for that, where clients are after things like data aggregation services. So we're an asset manager is using four or five um, fund accountants or global custodians or transfer agents, the ability to appoint one who can then aggregate that data on behalf of, uh, of that client and pro provide like a common stream and access to that data. Again, cloud makes this so much more achievable. Um, so definitely seeing that infrastructure as a service where again, a client, kind of an asset manager in this case, can leverage the infrastructure, the investment that you've made that some of the sort of bigger custodians and banks have invested in this sort of data infrastructure and make that available. So, so essentially a client has part of that sort of infrastructure and they can leverage that themselves. And again, cloud makes that much easier to permission than, um, than would have been easier before. And the third piece I would say is expanded data sets. So there's definitely interest in sort of organizations creating the plumbing that infrastructure to drive forward and be able to redistribute uh, multiple different data sets, either from across, in our case, a bank, um, you know, other parts of HSBC, and we can make those data sets available to our clients, or 
just as much third-party data sets. So we'll do the plumbing, and again, we'll commission that to a client. So I think there's a definite shift uh, towards that, which I think is um, really good news for uh, for the, customer, the consumers. Of that. Yes. It just means they haven't got the, the headache of having to go through the process of building one. Thank you, Paul. Adina, do you want to answer on what you're seeing as the, the trends really taking these organisations to the next level? Yeah, sure. And maybe just to build upon what Paul just said, I think the customer today has been used of having individualised solutions. When you look at all the data available, the, the most exciting thing I think you can do with it is actually use it to individualize solutions for your clients. And, and again, to give you to a, a very practical example, when I started a company, I used to be able to service only clients with 100 million plus assets under management because uh, you had to do all this work, it took weeks to calibrate a model for a client. And today, Thanks to the cloud, to all this digitalization, I can actually service clients with one euro of wealth, you know, so you can, you have all those digital tools and you can go on and ask the client, okay, what is your project? When do you need the money? Uh, what's the risk you're ready to take? This is how it looks like. And then you can on the spot optimize a solution that it's linked to that client. And then now going forward to all these things about sustainable investment, right? Yeah. It's going to be, you'll need to be able to, to individualize the answer with respect to the client's um, feelings about ESG. Digital is, and data is the only way forward. Maybe one other interesting point uh, that uh, of things that you can do with data, if you associate it with artificial intelligence, then you get on like working on, for instance, we've developed an advanced indicator of crash on equity markets. So it used to be only data numbers. So you crunch all the numbers and, and you come up with something, but that's not enough. I mean, we are in a world where markets are, are also driven by politics. So you need to be able to analyze everything that is being said uh, in tweets, in the newspapers, in broadcast. And you can today take all that data, so structured, unstructured, put it together and, and work towards providing a, a better view of, of what will happen. Exciting stuff. Now, data is becoming an asset for every company now. There are lots of companies that all they do is provide data and they make a ton of money from it. Mm -hmm. Companies are going to realize that and they're going to say, if you want my data, you also have to pay for that. There's something they're going to start putting on their balance sheet, on their income statement, is revenue from data. The cloud enables them to do that. And that really is going to be the real power that's going to drive a lot of organizations uh, to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to adopt the cloud. And now we've seen a lot of movement in the hybrid space where they have some public and some private due to security concerns. But I think over time, the value, uh, especially the monetary value from data, it's going to allow a lot of companies to adopt it so they can now expose it through the data mesh concept. Thank you. So we're going to move on to talk about platforms now. So what role do platforms have in the provision of data services? So it's going to come to you first, Adina. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, you, you are going to think that I'm only talking about myself, but I just want to give you a practical view on, on, on real things that you can, <laughs> because all the others you can read and listen to the yeah the guys that know about it all. For me, for instance, I was able to build a platform that actually brings together asset managers, insurance, 
distributors mm -hmm. for actually putting together a personalized service for their final clients, for the final investor. So all this data and all this cloud actually allows us to both tend to the needs of every individual asset manager, insurance company, distribution network, but also to the very needs of their final customers. So I think with that, we are also basically bringing something to the asset managers that's new because every time it strikes me, the asset manager is one seller of product that doesn't know his customer, right? I mean, Walmart knows his customers or Sean knows his customers, right? But the asset manager, I mean, I'm not talking about institutional clients, obviously, but the asset manager doesn't know his clients. So again, thanks to this data, this collaborative work that you can now do with all those platforms, thanks to the cloud, I think the asset manager will finally be able to know his customer. And thus, it opens up a new world of opportunities. Thank you, Dina. Yep. So, Paul? Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. Platforms mean convenience. Don't they? So, platforms is the reason why we all, you know, go into Amazon to try and buy something rather than searching the rest of the internet because all your details are all set up already. You know it's going to arrive tomorrow. Um, so, that sort of consolidation of services into a platform is, a, is an effective um, mechanism. What it does specifically in this industry is it gives you that ability to um, price services in a different way and offer services mm -hmm. in a different way. So because essentially what you've done is you, the plumbing is already there behind the scenes, it gives the client that ability to say, okay, can I try a pay-as-you-go proposition rather than having to buy. So, so for example, on ESG, we're working with some third-party ESG providers to offer their services to our clients. Now, if you're thinking I'm running a portfolio and I want to do some ESG analytics at the moment, what are you going to do? You're going to go and either you're going to do that yourself firsthand, or you're going to go and find some third parties who are specializing in this space. Those third parties, if you have to sort of get a panel and you have to pick one and you have to go through and strike a contract and do an implementation and nine months later, you've got that now ready to go. In the ESG world particularly, the chances are you're wishing that by then you had chosen somebody else because it's moved on, the world's moved on so quickly. So I think what the platform proposition allows is that ability to say, look, here are five different providers. You can try them on a pay-as-you-go basis. You can try before you buy. And I think that becomes, certainly when we're talking to our clients, is a very attractive proposition. And so I, I think what it powers is a kind of app store principle. And I think that's that's very effective. I think the other thing is is worth saying about the redistribution of data. Mm -hmm. So they've sort of rushed towards being a data supermarket. I think lots of providers are trying to move into that space. And again, that's a very attractive proposition, I think, from a client perspective. I think we need to work with uh, the underlying data vendors to get them comfortable that the intermediaries and the platform providers have full control over that data so they can demonstrate that you know 26 customers have used your data this month this is how they used it and so we can lean on the technology now to do that so things like uh, what we call data lineage so understanding who owns data and where it's come from and data observability tells you how data is being used and who's using that data those things are really important and start to enable us to have much more 
productive conversations with vendors to say, this is all upside. We can distribute your product and we have total control over how it gets distributed. And you as a, as a, the underlying uh, vendor have total control over that. And I think that's, it's sort of shifting us into again, a new proposition where data accessibility is becoming a lot more interesting. Thank you, Paul. And then do you want to accelerate us into the future, Carla? <laughs> I'm going to try. Um, I think, you know, this deck is going to be quite transformational for technology and for data. And for most companies, uh, technology is probably their biggest cost on their balance sheet because of the spend. And because what happens, you know, someone says, I've got this great data, it's going to do this. And then you buy it, you store it, you're paying for the storage, and then you're not using it. Either because the person who bought it is walked, left the company, tried a new thing, or, or did change jobs, or whatever that is. And so you have all this massive amount of data sitting in your data center, and you're paying the storage for it, your resources to maintain that. And what is going to happen with the data mesh concept and over this year is that with data mesh, your cost is just literally going to go absolutely down. What happens is that you now have like a data exchange. You go to a data exchange, you subscribe to the data, you try it over a trial period because you have this data mesh, you can subscribe to it. If you don't like it, you stop the exchange, you're not interested in it anymore. And so you don't have to pay for the storage because really you're connected to the source. You're not bringing the data to your data center, to your cloud provider. You just literally go in there, you're looking at it, and when you're done, you're going to leave it. And so from that, that concept is really going to help businesses save cost. So the bottom line is going to be improved, but also it's going to make us more efficient because then you, you know, we go from a give me all the data, which is what the quants are very good at. What do you want? I want all, all of it to try this out. It doesn't work. Stop it. Try the next thing. So we're going to be, become very, very efficient in how we, how we use data and how companies manage expenses that come with the infrastructure of it. Thank you, Kola. Any final thought about the future you want to leave our audience with? Maybe uh, just one. Uh, take care of your data before it becomes a liability. I wonder what we'll be talking about in five years' time. We will be talking about how you commercialize your data in the metaverse. Thank you for listening today. This has been HSBC Global Viewpoint, Banking and Markets. For more information about anything you heard in this podcast, or to learn about HSBC's global services and offerings, please visit gbm.hsbc.com.